the dream three podcast back in your life and a very merry christmas special finally we have neil back after a couple weeks off neil great to see you and glad to have you back with us yeah i'm i'm happy to be back oh good because it was just i don't want to see your face but i'm happy to be back that's 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 you know that's strong and i'll take that but hey i had a great conversation with mark slater while you were gone I uh, wish you could be a part of it. You know, next time you're in Indiana, we go up to Slater's, check out his sports cars and memorabilia shop. But to say less, we have a lot of things to cover today. First off, I got to thank the sponsors, Slab Savers. Go to protectyourslabs.com. Use code DREAM3 to get 10% off your order. <clears throat> go to Graded Card Solutions. That's gradedship.com. Use code DREAM15 to get 15% off your order because when you ship your cards, you got to get them protected. And finally, are you sick of paying eBay prices and fees? Well, go to prospect.cards. That's www.prospect.cards. And if you use referral code DREAM3 when you register, you're going to get a 0% seller's fee. 0%. Not that eBay 13, 12% that, you know, you're wondering why you even sold it in the first place. 0%. Stop screwing yourself. And then after that 0%, so after two months, after your two-month trial, it's only going to move up to like 2%. So you'll be fine. So thank the sponsors that thank us and let us do our show. But hey, like I said, we have a ton of topics because you've been out for two weeks. This is basically week three on the podcast, but we got so much to jump into. Cards, sports, life, whatever. So let's get right into it. Um, number one, why in the hell are people buying a Luca RPA for essentially double the price of a LeBron RPA? That's stupid. That's outrageous. Like, are people just that stupid now? Yeah, I think so. Like a fat, fat, overshape or overweight, out of shape clown that plays on a no name team Mm. outselling LeBron. So you're basically those people are betting on the that's a long term play. Yeah, but like, like the you, like the the part that I don't realize is you you're literally trying to justify spending almost a million dollars on a guy who may not ever win an MVP, may not ever win a title, may not. That's stupid. That's just mm-hmm. outrageous. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like on you a are, terrible. Are you team. just doing that to flex your money because you you're, you look stupid to the rest of the hobby and all these collectors. Agreed. You look absolutely dumb. Agreed. So what? What? Like, give me some prices. So kind of let people know. Four hundred forty-four thousand dollars for mm-hmm. the limited logos RPA. Now it's not the true RPA, but you're talking about an O3 RPA of LeBron in a EGS nine five, and then you have the Luca NTA RPA PSA ten Auto ten, which okay. That's great, fantastic, but it, at eight hundred thousand dollars, seven hundred eighty thousand dollars, what it it does it doesn't make sense. The grades do not justify like paying that much. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. It's stupid. It, it, you know, and that's kind of where the hobby I seem I feel like is um, kind of overpaying for not just overpaying, but so like ridiculous overpaying on things that you know. Shouldn't really drive the price up. How about this? So, you know, the actual game used RPA mm-hmm. of LeBron, 2003 exquisite PSA 10 
went for $384,000, which is a game-used patch, an RPA. $384,000. Or you could have a Patrick Mahomes cracked ice contenders auto for $336,000. But, but, but even to that point, you're telling me Patrick Mahomes cracked ice out of 25 for $336,000 is what? One fifth of a Brady contenders mm-hmm. auto PSA 10. Mm-hmm. Or like, does that, is it me or do those people just, again, seem stupid? It's it's ridiculously stupid of how overpaying that is, and especially, you know, if the goal is for a true collector to have game used over player worn or you know however it's produced, like you know a hundred thousand dollars plus more for you know something that and is this card one of the ones that possibly Luca's mom signed? Well, that's that that theory's been debunked. Has it? Yeah. So if you watch, if you see any of Luca's like Luca's autos from him hand signing stuff, it's he's got the same he's got the same signature. Okay. It's just whether or not he feels rushed or not. Again, whether or not he's rushing to get a cheeseburger or wants to take the time to actually sign your autograph. And so he's a shape like your boy Zion. Dude, he's trying to eat more than me. Wow. Well, Zion's already there. I mean, he might as well just be the chocolate doughboy, and we might as well start a new podcast because his NBA career is over. I don't um, even get me started on that. Oh, if you spend, if anybody spends another dollar on Zion right now, mm-hmm. you, you might as well just go throw your money down and, and live in a van down by the river. Zion is not a great buy. <laughs> no, no, it's you're literally the minute you buy it, you're never going to be able to sell it for more. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like he, he's not going to play. He's not going to touch the floor the rest of the year. You don't think so? The, this year, no. He keeps regressing. Let, let me tell you this. Hmm. Do you think your knees or your shoulders would feel good if you weighed three hundred and thirty pounds? Absolutely not. There's your answer. I weigh two twenty, and my knees and shoulders don't feel yeah, good. I don't care if you're six six. If you're three hundred and thirty pounds, that foot isn't going to hold up. A la yeah. Greg Oden. Biggest bust. He he will if if he continues at this rate, biggest bust of all time. Of I'm all done. time. Oh uh, of all time, because he's only played what half a season? Eighty-five games in oh, wow. two and a half years. Wow. That's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Um, let's see. What else? What else was on PFC? Do you did you did you bet on anything? Did you bet on anything? I did not. Uh, I just created an account, so I'll just. Uh, you got I did. Me. I bid on a couple things. Did you? The one that I was looking at, they had a Lux Tom Brady out of 2015. Tom Brady, yeah, mm-hmm. 2015 Panini Lux Brady Patch Auto game use, and it was a part of the logo. It was like the back half of the Patriots logo, kind of the yeah. silver and blue, and that ended up going for 20 grand. I bid. I think I bid to like 10 or 11. Ten or eleven thousand. I thought I thought it'd probably get to fifteen, but, but I, I like think Lux- if I if I wanted at eleven, I was going to be happy and I'd take it. I like Lux cars. They're a little thicker, and they got the the border outline, the metal almost, border, yeah. almost like Transcendence. Yep. Uh, I think those cars product. look nice. They're very nice. I had that game used Devin Hester patch yep. auto. It was yep. very very nice. You know, it's yeah, I really like that uh, 
the design of it with the metal border, I think, gives it a little extra, like, what's the word? Showmanship, kind of like mm. shows a little bit more. Yeah. It was a cool card. I didn't win it. Maybe one day I'll get another game use patch auto or something. From Brady. <laughs> Since I gave up my other one for like $1,000, like two years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, missed that. Missed the boat on that one. Those were right. some big ones. Let's see. Golden. I don't remember much from Golden. Um, I will say they got some good ones coming up. Do they? The Christmas special. Oh. So they got uh they got another LeBron, um, the exquisite RPA, the true RPA, starting at two fifty. They have mm-hmm. a Brady game used photo match signed jersey at a hundred thousand starting bid. They got a gold, they have a gold LeBron tops chrome gold refractor, which I haven't seen one of those go to auction in forever. At a BGS 9.5, that's a starting at 100K. That probably hits. I think people were projecting that card would probably get to a million. I think when I've talked to some of these other LeBron investors who don't see those cards, I think they said that one would get to a million. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yep. Some cool stuff. Definitely some cool stuff on, on Golden. So sure. let, let's go like for today. So I, the biggest trans transaction today in the card world is not football, is not basketball, is not baseball. Today it was Pokemon. And today, <laughs> yeah. probably the biggest purchase of anything we've seen in a hot second happened today. And that is Logan Paul, yes, the Logan Paul flew to Shine 150, uh, yep. follow him follow him on Instagram, and bought a sealed case of 1999 Pokemon First Edition. So the case was sealed, so there's mm-hmm. six booster boxes in there. Baseball Card Shine. Exchange is the one who authenticated it. So they're all authenticated. They're all, uh, I believe they're in the hard cases with the sticker on it, so you know that it's not, you know, been tampered with um but shine bought this case from from uh mealy pops for 2.7 million dollars and then i i I don't remember the exact number of sale but right before the end of 2001 or 2021 and then sold it today to logan paul for 3.5 million dollars i think it if i'm not mistaken isn't it the only one in existence correct the only that, sealed, the only authenticated sealed one in existence left. It mu- it actually might be. So that's, I mean, it's 29.6% plus on Shine's investment for a flip. Now for Logan Paul, you know, do you hang on to it? Do you rip it? Kind of what do you do? That that guy's such an idiot. He'll probably open it up. He probably will, but. And then he'll, and then he'll have his brother wear three BGS 10 Charizards out on the next next freaking fight so with this but with this coming down does this say that will this move the pokemon needle at all you think i'm sure it'll give pokemon a little bit of hype but i think pokemon i think pokemon or at least from what i've heard i don't do much pokemon right now but like i just have a couple i just have the big three for myself but from what I've seen of Pokemon, like it's still a pretty good buy amongst like kids and and you know families. They enjoy the Pokemon aspect because it's still mm-hmm. a game. It's still a trading card game. 
Yeah. Um, but I will say like the true investment opportunity in Pokemon and then the the collectability of Pokemon um is definitely at a lower buying premium. So I think this probably gives a little bit of move of the needle, maybe a little jump to some things, but inevitably it's gonna go back down and settle again. Maybe it gives it a little bump, but no, I'm not rushing to go buy Pokemon. That's yeah, I, w- I w- wouldn't think so because, yeah, like yeah. you said, it's going to give it a quick jolt, but there's nothing to really sustain it. Like yeah. Ch- Charizard's not, you know, running for 200 yards. No. And Blastoids isn't hitting for threes. So yeah. it's one of the things that's kind of like a, a lay and pray, kind of wait for the next 25-year anniversary or, or something like that. Oh, yeah, but I, I mean, But I think the smart buy, I think, and you and me have been talking about this, I think the smart buy in cards right now is baseball. Obviously, we're in the offseason. You have a lockout that is going on right now. Um, so you don't know if they're going to play or not. And you see a little bit of dip in some baseball cards now. Which is a good I, thing. Which is buying a, baseball. If you're Personally, buying baseball. I, I've The only baseball card I ever bought was a Mike Trout PSA 10 and then flipped it. But for me, like, I don't do much baseball. Um, but I do understand just by listening and paying attention that there, I mean, if you go Acuna, Soto, and Tatis, you're probably – decently going to make some money going back into the season which i think you know that and that's the game i went you know because i don't there's just there's so much baseball and not just like not just there's prospects stupid all the you know the uh the minor league teams the affiliate teams but like like you said if you're investing in the tatises the acunas Mike Trout's like, that's the way you want to go. And, you know, I pulled the trigger on a, uh, Tatis, uh, refractor PSA 10 that, you know, I think I got pretty cheap. Um, but it, that's kind of a long-term hold to wait for the season because I, I know from the last time these sold, I got this 200 bucks less and that could be because of the, the lockout. And I keep, I'm I'm tempted to keep going baseball, but the problem is, is my I just don't keep up with it enough. Um, I know the not the big hitters, but the guys who should be stars. Like, remember right when the pandemic hit or the card market boomed, all about the same time. Galvin Lux was a huge hit. Now Galvin Lux is like pennies on the dollar. Uh, Boba Shet's kind of in the middle tier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just it's like every other day, like. Uh, Jason Dominguez is still kind of he hasn't even hit the he's, majors yet but he's yeah, still he's got another probably year or two before and he now there's still, there's a couple other Yankees guys and there's a bunch of other prospects but you know the only I, guy I think who's really made an impact who's probably gonna see a a bump in baseball and don't take this you know as to heart just because I'm not a baseball guy but uh, like Wander Franco if I'm thinking about a guy who's Who's made his made his name known, and and was the number one prospect in baseball last year, and then got to play, and then mm. played the rest of the year, and made it to the playoffs. Like, there, or no? Did they make the playoffs? I think they I, just missed the playoffs. He plays for the Tampa Bay, doesn't he? Yeah, I think they just missed the playoffs, but I'm not 100 okay. percent sure. Yeah, yeah, but anyways, I mean, he's a great player, and I think moving forward, he's going to be one of those one of those guys who probably becomes like an Acuna Soto or 
Tatis. I mean, obviously, it's still early in his career, but I mean, if he stays on his right trajectory of how he's supposed to be, I mean, he could definitely be a potential buy too. Um, but I mean, those three guys probably you're not going to go wrong. I mean, obviously, if you're into prospecting, just like with basketball, you know, buy a Tyler Hero and then at five dollars, and then you you know sell it for fifty dollars in the season. You know, you take your money and leave. But at least at least if basketball, if you're prospecting, they're in the major leagues. Baseball, if you're betting on prospects, some of those guys might not make the majors for four or five years. It's true. So it's true. It's a long, it's a long-term game. And then by by that time, if you're you know, if you're buying guys who have, you know, made their let's say a Tatis, you're already paying premium or mid-premium prices for anything rookie of his. Yeah. And then the other thing I think what's not, I wouldn't say wrong with baseball or baseball cards is the amount of car, let, let, let's think of, let's use basketball. Um, what are you, what do you want in basketball? You want prism, you want national treasures, you want immaculate and flawless of modern players, but of I would modern, even argue like of modern players. So like wh- who we want. Now, when you look at baseball, you think there's tops, there's tops chrome, there's tops update, there's Bowman, there's Bowman chrome, and there's so many different variations. Like thinking about it, like the amount of and you don't know which card is going to stick is like their exactly rookie. I I guess the only thing I can say is probably of more modern players is tops chrome is probably the card people probably most go to and and i baseball guys could probably attest to this more but bowman their bowman first autos are the ones that people like that's the auto to get but the tops mm-hmm. chrome is the rookie card to get i i always think you know tops chrome because it's shiny you have a yeah. chance with the x fractor um but like like you said you never know what card's gonna hit like uh, what was the uh, the tops? Uh, it was either update or one of the series where it's just Andrew McCutcheon with the double cup, like that card. Oh, yeah, and then all of a sudden blew up. up. Or the had a Babe Ruth short print. Like you have no idea which cards are short printed unless you actually look through the checklist. So, yeah, like uh, I would say, if you are deeply rooted in baseball, you probably understand the mechanics of navigating that market. But if you are looking from the outside it's hard to understand like parallels and independent, like independence day parallels and, you know, tops, Chrome tops, update top series two, top series one Bowman Bowman Chrome. And it's, it's hard to navigate that. I, I don't, I don't know it much. I'm not a baseball guy. I think the sport is dying because it's boring as hell to watch. It's so, it's just so boring. Yeah. Like give me give me Dontrell throwing 105, and then give me, you know, Mark McGuire jacked up on, you know, Red Bull and steroids and hitting mm-hmm. the ball into like through people's chest. I'm down for that, but outside of that, I don't want to see a pitcher's duel one to zero. No, Nobody but I, does. I think that's a that's another reason why guys like Acuna and Tatis are so popular the way they are right now. Like. You know, Tatis is, I mean, I don't even like baseball, but he's a fun player to watch. So, yeah, I'm invested invested in guys like that. So, you know, I I almost made a play on Acuna last night, but I just, there's just so, it it was a 
tops it was a tops chrome refractor i guess there's a couple of different variations of it and i just don't know which one to go after so i kind of got off that one and went to uh, well i got the tatis a couple weeks a week or so ago because that's kind of the the one you know if you're on the cover of the video game you're the one that everybody knows right so, now i'm looking at like tops chrome which seems to be like the star and i'm just like looking at like I just typed in Tatis and there's like 15 different 2019, 2018 rookies, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I'm looking like over the past two years and like since, so like March, April, February, which was kind of the boom of all sports. After that, you get into the season, stuff started to dip, but it was like 350 bucks and then it keeps going down and down and down and down and down. So this is like right now there was a sale at $164 on December 11th, which was almost as low as the December 6th, the pre COVID spike, almost as low as that at $154 for which garden for tops Chrome to tease PSA 10 refractor or no. Um, this is just the base. base. Let me see if I can find the refractor. Are you using card ladder? Yeah. Shout out to Card Ladder. Please sponsor us. That's right. Yeah, please. One day. One day. Um, five, 5.06, December 17th. Oh, that's not bad. But before December 20... So this time a year ago, 4.06. Okay, so... so you're talking 100 bucks more. 100 bucks, yeah. I mean, what does it do next year? You know, does it bump up to five, 600 bucks or... Oh. 800 bucks, 1000 bucks. Kind of see, see what kind of year, you know, a couple guys that I would I was looking at that I was thinking about was, you know, Tatis, Acuña, uh Luis Robert who plays for the White Sox. He was a big deal um during the boom and he's coming off an injury. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at I like I'm looking at this this graph and this is kind of what it looks like. I wish I could put it up on the big screen, but like there's little spikes in, in there from like April when the season starts, you know, it dipped down to 680 bucks, but then mm -hmm. it bumped back up to a thousand on May 2nd, dipped again back to 700 and then went back up to 900 on June 1st, dipped down to 615 or 617 and then jumped back up to 835. So there's, I mean, there's, there's some spikes that you can hit. I mean, the guy plays well, has hits 10 homers in a week. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Five homers in a week, three homers in a week, and, you know, maybe something like that takes off. Take your 20% and move on. Might as well, yeah, and just keep moving out, out yeah. to something else. Like, All right, enough about baseball. I'm tired of it. it All right, move on. Next Football. question, please. Football. Brady. Ooh. Is he still your MVP candidate after last night? No, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me let me preface this. Okay. You lose your number one wide receiver, your number two wide receiver, your number three wide receiver is suspended because he wrote to Roger Goodell, I am vaccinated with $20 on a <laughs> piece of sticky note. And then you're starting running back who is – top five in fantasy mm -hmm. pulls his hamstring too. Do you think that's fair? <sighs> I, 
Yeah. Godwin tears his ACL. Okay. Name me the. I texted you that as soon as it happened. I knew that was gone. It was a good call. Name me the receivers that he had and the starting running back. Starting running backs he had in New England. The last year? The last year. Sonny Michelle, Damian Harris. He had Nikhil Harry. Jacoby Who didn't? Myers. Nikhil Harry didn't play. He was out the entire season. He played at the end, though. Didn't he? Well, he only played like one or two games then. Um, you had you had Jacoby Myers, and then you had um, trying to think who else. Eh, that's it. But okay. but, so, but but so. Who has better backups then? Because you think of Brady's entire career, he's making no-name guys, you know, become superstars. And you can't do that against the Saints defense? Well, here's the thing, though. How many of those guys were taking first-team reps all week? You're in the NFL. You should be ready to go in. Yeah, I understand next man up mentality, but you gotta, you got like, there's a difference between Chris Godwin and Tyler Johnson. I mean, didn't didn't the Browns have 18 players out today and they almost beat the Raiders? Yeah, but the their... Raiders also had 18 people out themselves. They had five. Yeah, it's the Raiders. They were also though. on their third string, or the Browns were on their third string quarterback. Hey, Nick Mullins isn't bad. Let's be honest, though, with the Browns. The way the offense is set up, you don't need a quarterback. You need someone just to manage the game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is what they did. It's just the defense didn't carry him when the defenses should have won that game. Yeah. But I will say this, Brady moving forward, let's say Leonard Fournette gets healthy for the playoffs. They have Lenny. They have Gronk. They have Scotty Miller, who, if we all remember, had the – who was that? Jonathan Taylor. Just stop with the Jonathan Taylor stuff. Stop. If if JT all day. Okay, great, fantastic. You won a game at home against the Patriots. Does that make you an MVP? No, because you're still what eight and six on the season. What if you have a hundred and seventy yards rushing against the Patriots? Do you get a hundred and seventy yards rushing in New England? In New England? No, I doubt you get half of that in New England. What do you have against Buffalo? Is that 200 and Buffalo, Buffalo got torn up by Lenny. Ah. I mean, Colts got torn up by Lenny. Yeah, there you go. And Lenny gets the ball 10 times a game. Okay, then who's your MVP? It, it's Tom Brady. I mean, I don't, don't even give me Aaron Rodgers. That guy's a homeless guy. <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, it's, it's moving a forward. You have let's say let's say Mike Evans gets better in two weeks, right? Okay. You have Mike Evans for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You have Lenny for the playoffs. Scotty Miller contributed last year during the playoffs. He's the one that caught the halftime touchdown against Green Bay in the championship game. You have Tyler Johnson, who's contributed at a good po- at a good rate. You also have Antonio Brown coming back this week, who is. Tom Brady's Wes Welker and yeah. Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman. And we all know Antonio Brown has it. He's got talent. 
it's just he he was injury prone and obviously he's a kook in the head, but that's okay. I mean, that's who he is. Most NFL players are. Yeah. I think I think yeah, you have one bad game, but like what did what did Rodgers do the first game of the year against the Saints? Oh, looked terrible. Yeah, exactly. Looked terrible. So uh we'll see. We'll see. But just don't give me the Jonathan Taylor stuff. He's great, but we wouldn't be having this conversation if Derrick Henry didn't break his foot. It'd be close. It'd be it'd be interesting running back race. Well, would it Derrick Henry had a thousand yards in six games? Eight games? And he was like 400 yards ahead of the next person. I mean, JT's what at 1700 rushing yards? Yeah, is he? I thought so. Let me look. I'm interested quick. now. He's at now he's at 15 18. How many touchdowns? 17, which is one away from season record. Season? It's one away from it's one away from. Uh, it's not season. LT. LT had thirty in season, didn't he? Uh, this is this will be consecutive games. Oh, consecutive games. Consecutive games, which will be thirteen in a row, twelve or thirteen games in a row, which is LT's record. He passed Lenny Moore this past weekend. Gotcha. And now they're playing. Where are they playing next? Is he the MVP or is the offensive line the MVP? I mean, that's I mean, the best offensive line in probably football right now. And we played without the starting center. So, I don't know. You, I mean, it's a, it is a good offensive line, but you could say the same thing about quarterback. If he's, if he's got time to throw, who do you give it to? Do you give it to the quarterback? Or you give it to the offensive line. True, but I mean, still got to make the pass. Still got to make the run. Yeah, I guess maybe you, it's maybe it's just because you got you got Devin McCourty and Judon Smith unblocked in the hole, make them both miss and run sixty-eight yards for a touchdown. Hey, that can happen with running backs. That can, that can. I tell you what, Tom Brady's not making a juke in the hole, <laughs> but he is. But he is hurdling people. He is jumping over people. At 44 years old. He is jumping over people. I would love to put uh, – if they go to the Super Bowl, that uh, the over-under on how many rushing yards he's, Tom Brady will get, always bet the over. <laughs> That's right. Always, always bet, bet the, the over. over on touchdown runs too. Always bet the over. All right, let's go uh, Let's go UFC since, you know, we missed the UFC card last weekend. Um, yeah. Well, a few weeks ago. Was it Nunez? Oliveira last weekend. Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. Was that two weeks ago? It was last weekend. Oh, thought. All right. Whatever you want to call it. Oliveira looked like he deserves to be a champion. Nunez looks like her conditioning is. It looks like she didn't like she didn't train for the fight, and I can understand. It looks like me training for a fight. And I can understand why, uh, you know, you're fighting somebody who 
let's be honest, has no business being in there. Somebody who started late in their career and straight up, you know, but she, you know, you get this opportunity, you, you train, you're going to fight the best person in the world. The best person in the world doesn't train very hard. They try to knock him out in the first, you know, minute and a half, two minutes, like they've done to every other opponent. And you gas out because after you hit them, they're like, oh no, they didn't go away. And now they're fighting back. And then as somebody who's a purple belt in jujitsu, like you're not going to tap to a rear naked choke with no hooks in. <laughs> like all Amanda Nunes really had to do is arch her back and dump the girl forward. And there goes the rear naked choke. <laughs> so that was rough to watch. But the good thing is I sold that prism 99 orange hours before the fight and the guy did not return it. Thank God. <laughs> Thank the Lord on that one. Yeah. There's another thing. There's another level to this eBay so I was talking this week, eBay, you have eBay, Leland Auctions, Heritage Auctions, Alt Liquid Auctions, Golden Auctions, PWCC, Billy Bob's Auctions, Hillbilly, all the auctions, Hillbilly, Billy Jane mm -hmm. Auctions, you know, the, the card market needs comps to be able to justify prices but how can you justify a price anymore when the, like there's a there's an auction every week with the same cards and not everybody has money every friday to go yeah. and buy these cards you know I think, and one thing like you know if you stay on the ufc topic like see the prices on some of these cards that people are asking for, like, you know, a couple different of the tops, Chrome McGregor, uh, refractor colors. They're little asking like a hundred grand for most of these cards. And oh, I, yeah. under, I understand they're low pop, but you can't tell me that, uh, let's say a Justin Gaethje tops, tops Chrome PSA 10, which is a rookie card for him is worth more than an on card auto. Agreed. Like, so it, some of this stuff is like super ridiculous and overpriced. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have like on the flip side of that, where you have like alt liquid auctions, which was this past week, this past weekend that ended and you have cards who that sell for 70% of their recent or recent comp history, because this auction house requires you to have money ready at the time that you bid. And then when you lose out on the bid, then you get your money back in your account. Yeah. So it's like you can only bid, like, let's say you wanted to bid on five cards and you only win one of them. You can, and you only have 10 grand in your bank. But if you bid 10 grand on one card, you can't bid 10 grand on another, which I understand like limits you or limits the shill bidding. But at the same, same token, like not everybody can just go deposit 15 grand into a, all auction and then all of a sudden they got to find a way to pull it back out and then move it to another auction house and it's just i think it's too much of a hassle it's creating problems there's too many there's too many auction houses right now and it's ruining the landscape of how to 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 comp anything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then and then you have the flippers and lou will strippers out here going well i'm only gonna buy i'm only gonna buy it at comps it's like 
okay, great, but the last comp isn't really real because it was alt liquid options, which has a really, really small market compared to eBay. And this one went for 80% of what eBay is. If I put it on eBay, it's going to sell for the same. No, 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 it's the last comp. It's the last comp. It's like, you're stupid. Yeah. Stop trying to flip and make money off people. Maybe you just pay the price for a card that's actually worth it. Uh-huh. Agreed. Agreed. Everybody, Everybody's just undercutting and undercutting and undercutting each other. And that's why we're in a freaking market that's regressing each day. Of course. Because everybody keeps undercutting and wanting not to pay the comp. It's like a BGS, like, okay, the this card. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, Flitter Showcase, BGS 9, just sold for 11000 and then at Golden Auctions, it was sold for twelve k, two of them. And I got mine at 10000 But the point, the point is, like, if it was 11000 I'm not going to say, well, I'm only buying it at ten k. No. If you want a card that's low pop or you want a card that actually is going to hold value, you pay the freaking price for it. Yeah, for sure. And and just because there's only one sale in the last year, that doesn't mean that that's the only, that's what the price is. You have to understand that if there's only one sale, that means the next card's probably going to be higher, the next sale of it. So you got to be willing to pay that. And if we keep undercutting each other rather than like trying to buy something because you believe in something mm -hmm. because you actually love the card and we not stop like you're never we're never going to gain traction and build up this market again no everybody wants a deal and everybody wants to yeah. like you said undercut somebody for a deal instead of you know pay the price of what the card is you know if you find two find buy the card whichever one you think's better at whatever price but like i'm right. never i honestly when i go to shows and go to places I never negotiate with guys like, you know, sometimes like if I look at two cards, they'll cut me a deal without me asking, but you know, I'm going to pay the price that they ask yeah. for. Unless this was you... on, this was on my slabs at 11, 11 and a half. Like I think it got listed like a day or two right after the sale on PWCC mm -hmm. and that one had better subgrades. So I was like, okay, it's probably worth more. Like realistically, it's probably worth more than the last one, but the one sold at 11,000. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just see if he'll take 10, you know, maybe he wants quick money, gets out of it, makes his money move on. Well, he ended up taking it at 10. So I was like, okay, great. I made a thousand dollars on it, but that's not the point. Like I would have paid if he said no and got me to 11, 11,000 or 11, I would have paid it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like a card like that with 10 centering doesn't come around. So you take it. Like, yeah, for sure. And it's one of those things where like, you know, do you value the grade or do you value the card? And that's one of those, like my Ric Flair. Like, I don't care. I don't care. That's a five to me. That's it's better than a five, but I like the card and I wanted it. So oh, yeah. it. there's, there's plenty of cards that are like, like the Wayne Gretzky that I had was, which was a PSA five. It was a great card. The centering on it, the corners all looked better than a five, but it was a five. So it's like oh, some guy earlier on wanted me to pay the average sale price over the last like two weeks. And I was like, no. I was like, if you go and look at all these eBay, these eBay cards, they're the centering on them is like 90-10. Yeah. Like mine's mine's almost mine's almost like a nine centering. Yeah, mine for a four. Yeah, your centering is fantastic. Yeah, for a four, centering's great. 
Um, and like you know, I, you'd obviously I'd pay five hundred bucks more just to have something centered. And you gave gave me that point, like you know, if I'm and we said this and that, and two podcasts ago, you know, I wanted a seventy nine Gretzky OPG. Yeah. And the biggest thing with these cards is how OC they are. And you oh, know, yeah. you, go, you go to eBay and you get a lot of 9010s, you get a lot of 8020s. So, you know, when you're looking at grades, yeah, you might have a five, but if you look at the at the centering, it might be like a two centering. So, you know, pay the extra bucks to for the yeah. card that you feel that is better in the long term. Yeah. People like yeah, I appeal. I appeal is much more important now than probably it, it has been, and part of that's because grading is turned into a giant sham. They oh, basically take a giant sure. spin wheel and they just <laughs> see where yeah. it goes. Yeah. Whatever it lands on, that's the grade you get that day. I think for everybody that grading is a sham. Um, not just PSA, not just uh, I would say BGS and SGC. Like some SGC cards, I can't believe. Now, so far, I've been super lucky. I just sent a a, a submission to Ryan uh, last week, so six, seven weeks. We'll see what happens. A lot of uh, 99 Bowman Best and Topps Finest football, so we'll kind of see what that. But so far, I think with SGC, I've done pretty well. Yeah. But like you said, you know, grading, especially with PSA, I'm still pissed off about that Charizard. They got a five. Oh yeah, it's, I I think well, I think what happens is like these grading companies they make so much money that the grading doesn't matter anymore to them. So like putting sure. out a quality product where the grades are consistent, it's almost like S, for SGC it matters because they're grading a lot more now and they're trying to boost up their numbers to try to create like their own like solidified position in the marketplace. But like BGS and PSA, they don't give a shit. No, no, they're like they're like they're f that. They're, like they're raking in a hundred dollars a card. Yeah. Oh, that looks. There's a little speck right here. Let's give it a seven. It's stupid. Absolutely stupid. I'm, yeah, I'm just grading. Grading is turned into a giant mess now. And then you you look at everything else that's starting to become graded, like. Gary V's Uno cards. And I even commented I've on on one of the Instagram pages. I said, oh, so this is why PSA's backed up over a year because we're grading Gary V hand-drawn Uno cards. Yeah, like, or freaking PSA 10 Kobe Whites. Yeah. Because he dropped a 35-point game. One time or yeah. three times. Or Des Desmond Bain for because he dropped a 30-point game because Jaw was was out because of a knee injury and then all of a sudden there's 15,000 Desmond Baines being graded yeah like dude it, it, they're, uh, like slab stocks I think did this like last week where it was like junk they did a podcast or where they were like basically discussing if it was like junk wax 2.0 but then they made the comment is it junk slab 2.0 or is it like junk slab era where there's just so many slabs now that of just crap like it's wasted it, plastic and just cardboard. Wa wasted cards. People just grading the stupidest things that make no sense. That's why no money. Yeah, that's why you spent ten thousand dollars grading all your base cards, and now it's worth five dollars. Like go to go to like my slabs and go to the lowest graded cards 
and just look at those and be like, would you really pay $30, $40 for some of these cards? And you're wondering like, no, I'm not going to pay for this baseball player that I've never heard of in a PSA four for 45 bucks. Like, yeah, no, no, you're trying to make your money back on you grading the card. And that's not how this works. If the card is below an eight and it's a base card, it's not, it's worth, not it. worth it's not worth the plastic that it's put in. No. Which is two dollars. So going into this, so another thing, like here's an observation that I'm having. I want to see if you agree with right now. I don't know, it's not just basketball, but I would say all metal inserts from the 90s seem to be super popular right now. Yeah, like with hockey or Fleer metal, basketball, baseball, um, anything that's baseball have Fleer metal. That Griffey. Oh, like all the old '90s Fleer metals. Yeah, my Fleer universe. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you were talking like PM PMG specifically. Oh no, 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 no. Like, I mean, those are hot. If you could find those, those are ridiculous prices. Yeah. But like just the metal insert, like '90s metal inserts, and I think it's a cool factor more than. And I was, you know, I was even looking at them. I saw a bunch of cool die cut refractors of uh, of Dan Marino last night that I was like, wow, you know, '90s '90s cards were kind of bitching. Like, yeah, that there were some like there were specific sets that I think were worth it. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, there was also like your just Fleer paper and tops paper sets that were just there were millions of metal universe, metal titanium. Uh, I always think Bowman's best, Top's finest were great products. Yeah. You know, obviously, shiny refractors, stuff like that, die cuts that were uh, that they, were they had some sick die cuts, like the NBA Buzz one. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah. Or like the Nets. The, well, I can't think of it. The Net one or like Dunkin' Go Nuts. Dunkin' Go Nuts. Um, Those inserts, think of, Top's cool. Finest Football, like Franchise Bests. Um, yeah. All kinds of cool. Like I would spend so much stupid money and I keep talking myself out of that. Like, you know, don't spend, don't spend it on things that, you know. There's actually a pretty sick one that I'll I'll share with you. Um, that I have on my watch list on eBay. I think it's like 2005 Tops Finest Football. Mm-hmm. But they have the NFL Shield, like refractors, NFL Shields. Like the rookies are all standing in front of the NFL Shield logo. Mm. And it actually looks pretty dope. They have Dallas Clark on there. Oh, wow. He was a rookie Yeah, around that time. Yeah. Those, are, those look pretty sweet. They have like Terrell Suggs. Um, some other players, the, those I would, those I would look into. Those are pretty sweet. Yeah, that the four. So I'm, I was looking on uh, four sharp corners. It's kind of the eBay place I was looking at for a bunch of '90s stuff. Um, I just so much nostalgia, but it's like it's not really worth the price. But it's cool to look at. It's one of those oh, yeah. things like, uh, it's I, like, I yeah, look. if I can drop hundred dollars on 12 of these cards, cause I have spare money. Sure. But I don't have $1,200 spare money right no. now. <laughs> no, 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 no. So what else, what else we got on the docket? Um, okay. So 
so with well, we kind of tailed off from UFC, but we'll kind of kind of jump into Ngannou and Gagne. So Francis and Cyril are scheduled for January twenty second. Mm-hmm. How big is this fight? Uh, it's very big on a couple different levels. One, they used to be training partners back in France. Two, yeah. this is Ngannou's last fight on his contract, and he's not really been happy with the UFC and he's been pretty vocal about it. And Dana said, Hey, if you don't want to resign with us, that's your prerogative, not ours. So um, I think this fight carries a different magnitude of all kinds of things. I think Francis is a power puncher like Deontay Wilder, but I think Sarah Gans a better fighter. He's gotcha. more well-rounded. If, Ang- if Ngana lands the big bomb, obviously Sarah goes to sleep. But I think Cyril can also pick apart Ngannou and turn it into a different fight. So, kind of let's 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 compare this to boxing. If I'm thinking of MMA and boxing, mm-hmm. boxing is very one-dimensional in that you have to be technically skilled to be able to knock out a guy who throws just straight power. Yep. So, but with MMA. You can almost get past that because there's other ways that you can use that power. Like the example I could give you is like, and Ganu could literally just charge at Cyril and just push him up against the cage and then push off of him and then just start laying at Haymaker just because like he, he did can on, beat you with brute strength. Just like he did on Biggie Boy. Yeah. I mean, he just charged forward and threw a bunch of uh, wild Haymakers and hooks. And- That's what Lesnar was. One land well, Lesnar was also not a striker, and his problem yeah, was but he, he was brute like, strength, he was brute strength, and aggressiveness normally wins early fights, especially the heavyweight division. Like, whoever's the more aggressive fighter for the longest amount of time is gonna win, right? But I, th- I think, I think that's where Nganu could probably, like, if this was a boxing match, you know, if Cyril is a very technical fighter and stand up he could win, but yeah. because it's MMA, you could get taken to the ground. And then if, it, if Francis is laying on top of you, you're not getting up. Yeah. But here's, I mean, it's already been proven that, you know, Francis can be out, you know, technical in MMA. Like Stipe proved that the first time they fought. All Stipe did was take him down and, you know, let Francis throw and not get hit and, just wear him out the entire fight. So yeah. it's, it's already been proven. Now, there's no one that's really tested in Ganu to really fight back. I mean, Derek Lewis, they went to a decision. That was an awful fight. Um, yeah. Stipe beat the brakes off of him the first time they fought. So I don't know. Like, that's one of those intriguing matchups. It's always good when you get two massive heavyweights and wearing, when you're wearing four ounce gloves. We'll see what happens. Now, here's here's the thing. It, let's say Ngannou wins, re-signs with UFC for one more fight. You think Jones comes back to try and take it? No. I don't think... Oh, okay, how about this? All money aside, all, public, or all politicalness aside, Jones versus Ngannou or Gagne, Cyril, who wins? Jones. He's, he's way technical... Way better. His length is better. 
I agree 100%. I think I think John Jones is cooked out as he is every single day. Is better is the greatest greatest fighter on the planet of all time. Greatest fighter on the planet. Without the you yeah, not even question. Greatest fighter. Like I don't want to hear Habib, I don't want to hear Connor, I don't want to hear Anderson, I don't want to hear Nunez, I don't want to hear GSP. It's Jones. Period. You could say Anderson at one time. I agree. I was a big Anderson fan. You know everybody was, but the but Anderson where he was, lost is Anderson where, was very one dimensional. He had a very underrated jiu-jitsu game, though. He did, but he never had to use it except for oh, agreed. Whenever he needed it, which he that's fought how he a, beat Chael. I mean, when he fought a that's how he beat Chael the first time. But it, think of any other fight he hadn't really needed to use it. He hadn't. He didn't need to use it against Damian Maya. That was the most boring fight of all time. Yeah. Um, and all of his other fights were stand-up wars, even when he yeah. fought Adesanya. Yeah. Yeah, That's no, I, I agree. At least with John, we've seen John choke Lyoto Machida unconscious. We've seen him... Throw spinning back heel elbows, kicks. Heel elbows, heel kicks. I mean, at striking level, him and Anderson are very, very elite, but I think John's more well-rounded. I've oh, seen 100%. him submission underground grappling. Like, we t- He's a great wrestler. He's a great jiu-jitsu player, and he's only a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's uber talented just in every aspect of his game. Mm-hmm. And... I believe me, I'm not arguing. It's John Jones above everybody without question. He's standing on Mount Rushmore with all four of his heads. Um, but like, I mean, Anderson, GSP, uh, those are the three that I see. After that, I mean, it's kind of a wash on who you put. I was talking with Justin, Justin, um, like yesterday or two days ago about like top UFC fighters of all time. And obviously, you know, Habib's got to run his mouth about how good he is. And I was looking at, we were looking at the numbers. It's like, Habib only had, what, 12 fights in the UFC? And he only defended his belt three times. Yeah. John Jones defended his belt 13 times. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he would just run through people, and he did it every three months. It's like, you know, you're going to go to the pound-for-pound conversation. Like, who's better? Khabib or GSP? GSP. Oh, yeah. It's not even a question. Like, if if two guys in their prime fought, and that's what, you know, podcasts are for discussions, and obviously fighters aren't going to talk about this. Like, you know, GSP, a wrestler who learned how to strike, well-rounded. Khabib's hands, not great. But you had to, you had to drop your hands to prepare for his wrestling, right? Where you know if GSP wanted to stand there and box with you, he'd box with you. Yeah, he'd beat you too, and he'd beat you. He'd uh, who would he beat uh, with the uh, Josh Koscheck? He just threw a jab. That's yeah. all he did the entire fight and shut Josh Koscheck's face. Well, didn't who who was the guy that he just beat to win the title back? Bisbing. Didn't he outbox? He outboxed Bisbing and yeah, then took Bisping, him to the ground. And Bisbing's got one eye. Yeah, but I mean, he's still Bisbing's not known for his ground game. No, but no, no, no European fighter back then. From back, I would say from mid two thousands, European 
fights weren't they never wrestled and they didn't have any jiu-jitsu it wasn't yeah. until probably later 2010s that that started getting popular yeah. um but you know he gsp out wrestled matt hughes gsp you know beat the brakes off of matt everyone Sloan. everyone except when he got ko'd by matt sarah but yeah, but even then, he revenged that one pretty easily. And, yeah. You know, it was, yeah, GSP was, I mean, in, in my personal top three. But who did Justin say the greatest fighter of all time was? Oh, it's John Jones. John Jones, yeah. So, yeah, without a question, yeah. yeah. We were just talking about Habib and how it's like some people and himself probably regard himself as the number one fighter of all time, but it's like, He's probably not even really top five. So here's and here's my thing with a lot of those people. So, you know, Justin invited me to that UFC group. And so I asked a question one day, like, how do you guys or what got you guys into or what fighter got you guys into watching MMA or the UFC? And 90%, I would say 90% said Connor. Yeah. I was about to say. That's what, 2016, 17? Yep, pretty much. I mean, there is such a whole library before that. Like, you're going to say, you know, look at back at the Pride days, like old BJ Penn, Mirko Krokop, the Diaz brothers, um, Mark Coleman, uh, Kevin, Kevin the Monster Randleman, Ernesto Hoof, uh, Gary Goodridge, like even the freak show fighters, like Bob Sat, like man, there was so much good MMA up until you know 2000. It it, it it's it felt like it switched, like right 2010 ish. It got super corporate, more than kind of like when we were watching it back in the B Dubs days, where you yeah. know sponsored all over the T shirts, sponsors on the walkouts, and this and that. Like that was real and gritty, and you know, those guys were fighting for to fight, not to fight for money. Like Tito, you know, Chuck, Tito, Chuck, Rampage. Those like not and not UFC Rampage, like Pride Rampage. Yes, like picking you up and slamming you through, not the cage, but a ring, or throwing you outside of a ring. Yeah, like, not got for fat. Fun. Yeah, not got fat Rampage. Yeah. So I was just, I encourage those guys to watch. I said, go back and watch some pride videos. It'll change your whole perspective. Like, and tell me, I think I asked the questions and tell me who do you think has a better show? Because, you know, the Saitama Super Arena's seating 75,000 people for an MMA event where Dana's, you know, doing 19, 20,000. Yep. The show now, obviously moving around, but. <sighs> yeah there's there's yeah i mean you and i used to watch it was i mean it was what every month yeah back then they were only doing pay-per-views like you know once a month once every other month yeah but we i mean we were there b-dubs oh my god from six seven o'clock until one o'clock in the morning, morning. gsp oh. <sighs> GSP Anderson. Those were the early years of John Jones when he was putting everybody in a crucifix. BJ Penn. BJ Penn. Yeah. They didn't have women's MMA then. 
before Brock. Uh, that was before Brock. Shane Carwin. Yeah. Like. Check Shane Carwin. That was a uh, Frank Mir. It was Frank Mir's time? Like Tim Silva. Oh, Tim Sylvia, trash. Yeah. Trish. Yeah, those were. And then you had Vanderlei, who couldn't even breathe. He was like a pit. He was like a little pug out there. <sighs> That's what, yeah, heavy or heavyweight and light heavyweight kind of ruled the division. Light heavyweight was more of the rulers in uh, while we were in high school. Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's well. That's because Anderson and GSP ran through middleweight and welterweight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left. So let's get into while we're talking on fighting. Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley. Holy crap! I want to say it right now. The fight was not fixed. Oh my god! The fight was fixed by Paul's right hand, and I'll tell you why. So I was teaching our boxing class last week and i was teaching slap counter parries so same side hand so if i'm in my orthodox stance so my left hand is forward when my opponent throws a cross i take my hand and i aim for his wrist and i push across when i get tired guys tend to slap and move down if you start getting repetitive with it, and this is the only parry that you know or like to use, you'll start falling for the feints. So if you watch the early portion of the fight, let's say round two, round three, you'll see when Tyrone's moving in, boom, he'll push away on the hands. Once you see the middle round, round three or round four-ish, you'll see him start swiping. And right before Jake Paul hit him, he gave him a little shoulder fake. It's kind of like a little feint to make Tyrone really kind of give that motion. And when Tyrone did, he fully windshield wipered his hand to where his palm was facing down. And by then, Paul had thrown the right hand. Dude, he telegraphed that. Jake Paul telegraphed that thing from 10 years ago. They're both awful boxers. Like they, they are up to the knockout. It was one of the worst boxing matches I've ever seen. Yeah, but Jake, Jake Paul telegraphed that, and he was he was like, "There, no, I I don't believe you." Tyron Woodley, he took the fight on two weeks' notice. He looked out of shape. He couldn't move. He was very flat-footed. Like, and I'll be honest, like he was going to fight uh, Tommy Fury. He would have he would have dusted Tommy Fury in two rounds. Tommy Fury's a, a, a worse, even though he's a professional boxer. He's he's Combined opponent record is like 16 and 150. Like he has fought nothing but tomato cans. But Tyrone, well, I mean, Jake Paul's not better, but he's not better. And it's like, but who do you want him to go in there against? Real boxers? No real boxer is going to waste their time training to fight this guy who, let's say, you know, a professional boxer at Paul's weight. I don't it depends on what he wants to fight at I think both of those guys came in at 200 which doesn't I don't understand why you'd call out Diaz or Masvidal those are two 170 pound fighters like why do you want to fight guys who are 30 pounds less than you you know who'd probably come out of retirement and beat this the crap out of him who 
stick Cormier out there just swinging with his 240 pounds of love. I don't want to see that because Cormier is like almost 50 years old. It's Jake's at an awkward weight, but you can't tell me a 170 pound guy in the UFC can't go into a boxing match. Who's a true boxer like Masvidal and just slap him silly. Yes. Well, yes. And, but there's a bigger chance that the UFC fighter gets knocked out because Jake walks around naturally above 200 pounds. So he's automatically going to have the power differential. Now, if let's hypothetically say it's Masvidal. Masvidal could be in better shape, be able to move around, but he's not going to have the same amount of power as Paul has. Yeah, it's just like Tyron. I understand that, but we're trying to talk. You're trying to say that Jake Paul has a chin of a professional fighter. No, but he has a right. He has right hand power. Okay, that's fine. But like, like you said, all it takes is a little bit of technical ability to be able to defend that off. And Woodley's not good. Nobody he's fought has actually been an actual stand-up fighter who is worthy to even be called a boxer. I'll say this. If Connor goes in there, Connor would murder him. I would. So but Connor's not going to take it because Connor has more money than he knows what to do with. That'd be the, that would be a major payday. If I'm Connor, I'm doing it. I'm if, taking if Connor. That. You got, you admit Connor. Have you seen the pictures of him walking around? At him one night? Just chat. Jizzy. Jack, Connor bro. would literally knock his, like decapitate him. He's on at all the vitamins. All the vitamin S right now. Yeah. Juice. Yeah. Like I'm down to see it. Yeah. Like that juice. It, like he wouldn't be able to pee in a cup without melting it. But do we want to see him keep fighting UFC fighters? Or do we want to see him fight professional boxers? Well, who are you going to put in there? Javante uh, uh, <laughs> Davis. Javante take Davis. Uh, hell. I won't let him fight smaller guys. Let him fight Brian Garcia. Let him fight Kel. Yeah, Brooke. he'd probably embarrass him too. Let him fight. What's Brian? What's Ryan? But he's one. He's a. He's oh, a Ryan. Like one hundred thirty. Yeah, like one hundred fifty pounds. Let him. Let him do a live sparring session with Canelo. Oh Jesus! He keeps talking about Canelo. Now, did you see the betting favorites? The betting favorite of his next matchup is Anderson Silva, three to one. That would be pretty interesting because Anderson's a 200-pound walk around. Beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who is a WBC champion. And Anderson has great boxing. What kills me with Anderson, and, and this is avoidable, is you know he's way past his prime and he's got kind of a glass jaw now. If he didn't get knocked out by Adesanya, I still think he can he could stand. I mean, he he took some punches from uh Cesar Jr. It's not four ounce gloves. So you got that working on your side. Yeah. Anderson could do it. It's an intriguing matchup. Yeah. I, mean, or, I know it, it's not or, a real boxer. Let's let's have Jake Paul put on the four ounce gloves. He'll never do that. 
He did well. He did that. He, he did a three round session with AJ Agrazam. It's on YouTube, and him just you know sucking wind and AJ taking him down and punching him in the mouth. I think if if any of the Paul brothers, Logan's going to be the one that that puts on MMA gloves because he's got a wrestling background. He's got a high school state championship, and he wrestled in college for a year. I, I think it would be hilarious to watch Jake Paul. Oh, it would be, but sport. he's you know he's too smart to do that. So he's going to find it's just going to keep fighting tomato cam boxers, um, you know, making his money. I'm kind of glad he didn't fight Tommy Fury. That's not a sellable fight. You know, the only thing that made that fight want to be watched was Fury's dad, who's a loon, and then Tyson was saying some funny things, but. Yeah, nobody wants to see me watch dude who was on Love Island and could barely beat the guy who had like nine long was like zero and nine on the last card, just trash. He beat a guy who was sixteen and like a hundred and fifty. Like, did you, I I did see that. I was looking up his stats. And I did see that. It was really bad. Rats. Like, no, I don't want to see that. But Anderson Silva, that's intriguing. Um. I forgot who else was on that card, but Usman. He tried to call out Usman. Usman doesn't have hands. Usman's a wrestler. Yeah, but he's getting better at boxing. Just because you knocked out Masvidal. I mean he trains with Henry Hoof and uh or uh, not Henry but, Hoof. But 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 where where that helps him is he's a very he's a very smart fighter. He's a very technical guy. Usman is one of the most boring fighters of all time. Yeah, he is. But that 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 negates Jake Paul. You just got to wear him out. No, I mean that's what Ty- if you watch Tyron, that's what Tyron tried to do. Try to let Jake Paul jab himself out. But here's the problem: in boxing, if you throw a jab, guess what? You're pushing the action if it lands or not. And all Tyron would do is when he would throw a jab, he would try to return and then clinch up. If I'm a judge. Paul's winning because he's the aggressor. Yeah. So you can't play the same rules. You have, if you're in, when I think of boxing, especially in judging, you have to think of it like a tough man competition. The aggressor's going to win. It's not MMA where, you know, who takes the center of the cage and, you know, this and that, I can wait on takedowns. Then throw Canelo in there. Just oh obliterate him. Just set it off. Just end it. Do we have to donate the money? I'll donate the money. If Canelo goes in there, I will gladly pay him in cards. Because that's what, what, what would the betting odds be on that? Like a million to one. <laughs> At least. Canelo just super wrecks him. Yeah, I want to see if I can. Where was that that I saw that? So. Cards. What are we yep. picking up? The turn of the year or the turn of the year is coming. January is coming, which means one thing. NFL playoffs, NBA playoff race starts to heat up. Mm-hmm. So what are you buying? So or are you still sticking to baseball? I don't know. I've I've flirted with the baseball thing, but I think my next biggest purchase or my next eye on the prize. And, you know, we say it on the podcast and you know, it happens. I'm either going to go Brady Bowman Chrome or some sort of 
LeBron rookie, and I don't know which one yet because there's so many of them. But I'm I'm leaning way towards Brady Bowman Chrome, and that's probably a postseason buy. After the playoffs? After the playoffs. Gotcha. Because you're smart. Expect the dip. Yep. Expect the offseason dip. Um, not by much, but I think a Brady Bowman Chrome, if I can find a refractor or make some moves to where I can get one, that's that's the ultimate play. Yeah. But I think that's my my next move. I saw this get posted on Instagram. Is Brady overpriced? No. Do you think he's underpriced? I think he's underpriced. Why? I think if I had, well, if, are we matching? Are we saying he's the greatest of all time? Think, think about this. If, if, if Jordan, I know you don't like, let's say the 86, let's say we're playing, the cards are hot just like, and we're in 1986 or the height of Jordan. And the 86 Jordan is, you know, the card to have in this time. Do you think people are overpaying for that? Or do you think that uh, we'll just, you know, we'll wait and see? Here's, here's, I will not answer your question. I will say it this way. What if there is no LeBron? Is Michael Jordan the clear cut by forever and ever? Yes. Okay. And if there's no LeBron, is Michael Jordan undervalued? Yeah. You would have to say yes because there's no clear cut number two. So he, I mean, he's you can say that, and you can say that in football too, because as much as, you know, I'm a Colts fan, Brady is card term wise. Brady is here. Peyton is here. Yes. And even, and even though I think there are greater quarterbacks throughout there, like, you know, I'm, if I'm spending the money, my Brady Broman Chrome is going to always outweigh Joe Montana rookie, uh, Peyton rookie. Oh, 100%. Uh, this and that. So, do you, that think, is do you think Brady, do you think football then, Brady and football is undervalued comparatively to the entire card market as far as sports, like comparatively to basketball? No, no. Because here's, here's the thing. Here's here's where it gets interesting for me. NFL is without question the biggest sports market in the country. In the like country. not even close. In the country, yes. Brady is unquestionably number one. Always will be, without question. Yet in the hobby, I would say basketball is probably more sought after and more valuable, what, five to one? Yeah, because it's a, the biggest international game besides soccer. So if if we're saying Brady is worth one-fifth of Michael Jordan, do you think Brady is appropriately priced yet? I Here's where I also have a problem. I think football is should be worth a lot more than what it is right now. Because I think I think if it got, I think if it got a quarter or a half the love of basketball, 
I think all of football would be. I bet if five if football was if if football was as big in Europe or China as, or Japan as basketball is, like, do you really see a ton of? I know there's there's American football teams in all those places, but let's be real, like. You never hear about them, and when there's the Team USA, like the U19 Team USA, and they play, they like murder everybody. Team Canada, they win by seventy points, so it's not huge. Where basketball, you have people in China who are pulling that the one-on-one Zion and buying half a million dollars worth of cases and stuff like that. But football just doesn't get it there. Like if let's say it doesn't make, I guess just because it's. I'm in America. It doesn't make sense, but like, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I mean, fo- football's basically was stolen from rugby, so I can understand why the Europeans don't. Yeah, care but the, I would argue the Europeans love football. Like, I've bought cards from Europeans. Well, true, but what's the percentage of that compared to America? Oh, it's minuscule. It's minuscule, For sure. but. But, but there is a market in Europe. I would say there's a, a not a great, but there's a decent market in Europe that's untapped. There minus, is. Uh, let's say you had soccer a third, and then basketball. Let's say you had a third of the market in in Europe that love football as much as we do. Think about how the prices would change there. Oh, I know. Yeah, if 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 football had a third of the love of basketball and half of the half of the world, it. Tom Brady would be worth every card would be worth half a million dollars. And I think, you know, that's what Roger Goodell and the NFL are trying to do. Why they played so many games over in Europe. And now they're playing a game in Mexico and they're trying to expand it. And, I, and even the CFL this off season is talking about going to four downs and changing the rules of that game. It's like, isn't the NFL, um, isn't the NFL trying to expand to Toronto? Or are they expanding a Canadian team? I don't think so. I, I thought I heard something about that. There would be... I know the XFL was trying to partner with the CFL. No, to it was the NFL was thinking about doing a Canadian team. I don't know how the Canadian teams would like... I mean, I follow the CFL a little bit. and Well, it's like, like hockey. Would they put? But would they put another team in Toronto? There's already one there. Yeah, just be the NFL team. So what are you going to do with the Argonauts? Who needs the Argonauts when you got the <laughs> Toronto when you got the Toronto footballers? Like it doesn't matter. You got an NFL team there. I don't need the Argonauts anymore. <laughs> or a team in Mexico or a team in, you know, the Euro- I think the European team is a terrible idea. Could you imagine that trying to play that and do that flight? Yeah, I. It would be cool, and I think it creates a global type perspective. But I think it's too hard. Then bring back NFL Europe. Have I another, think that would be great. Because the USFL is coming back this spring. Yeah, XFL is next year. You know, think about the great players that played in NFL Europe. Adam yep. Vinatieri. Yep. You know, Kurt Warner played over there. Yep. Like. There's so many great players that spent James Harrison spent time over in NFL Europe. And, you know, you want to globally expand the game. There it is. 
do you think what well, hold on let's think scheduling wise is it even a, a possibility to do it yes so what you would do is uh let's say you're the european team let's say you play out of the tottenham hotspurs stadium let's say you would you would have to schedule your games or the nfl would have to schedule your games like three road games in a row so you would fly over here and you'd have to stay in america for a month month and a half go home and then play your home games over there. You you could do it. I think you could do it if you did bye weeks. But you did bye weeks. Well, no, no, no. I take it back. Not bye weeks. You could do it if you did Thursday night football, like in incorporated the bye week. So like if each team who wasn't the European team had a Thursday night game after the bye week, mm-hmm. that would give them enough time to get there get settled in, get to the game, get back. Yeah. All I know is if there's games in Canada, I hope that's that stadium's indoor. No, actually, I kind of hope it's outdoor. I don't. My father-in-law told me he went to a Grey Cup game in Edmonton back in the day. Windchill was negative 20. Like, Sounds like Green Bay. Nah, I'm good. I'm good <laughs> on all that. I, I think it would be fun. I think that would be terrible. I, I don't think it would be feasibly possible, but it would be fun. I think that would be terrible. Yeah. Awful. But I am excited to see the USFL come back. Um, yes. Even, especially with the original team names. Yes. So that will be cool this spring. Agreed. So. Oh, anything else you want to touch on? Um, yes. You are getting a package in the mail. From me, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating over in Naptown. Interesting. I wonder what it could be. Do you have any guesses? I'll give you one guess. If you guess it, I'll tell you. A uh, Tom Brady Fleer. <laughs> you have to guess the exact card. Oh, no. A. Uh... will give you one hint, too. Okay. I asked you a question earlier in the week. Oh, Jesus. You know how many questions I get? <laughs> yeah, what was the question I asked you, though? I don't even remember. Did you text it to me? Yeah. Um, boxing. Boxing. Who's my favorite boxer? Oh, well, obviously Ali. But you said besides Ali, right? I said, yeah. Well, I knew that. But I said, who's your top five boxers of all time? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The problem is you put me on the spot of trying to have to, you know, put five together when there were so many good ones. Where's that text? I said your top five favorite boxers, not favorite, the greatest of all Favorite time. boxers. So I went, yeah, which is tough because I have so many boxers that I really enjoy to watch. So I went Ali, Roy Jones Jr., Mike Tyson, Julian the Hawk Jackson, and Thomas the Hitman Hearns. So... My guess will be a 1991 KO USA Boxing Roy Jones Jr. PSA 9. (laughs) Correct. Huh? Correct. Yeah. (laughs) I got got you a 91 KO Roy Jones. I appreciate that. Coming in the mail. So 
Merry you know, Christmas. Funny. I have a ton of the I have a ton of the raw cards sitting in here that I need to send to grading. And when I was talking to Dylan at the time, I was buying the the box the hobby boxes for twenty bucks, thirty bucks, yeah. and then during the spike, they were over two hundred, and everybody was want to get that stuff graded and the pop counts were so low that the tens were selling for thousands of dollars and D- dylan's like oh no i threw all these things away <laughs> because think about it it's got roy jones rookie card it's got lennox lewis's rookie card um the foil the the foil cards and the holographic cards of ali um yep it's got a if if you like boxing, it's a great set to have mm-hmm. because they didn't make. There's only two. There's uh, the 91 KO, and then there's the 92. I think it's called USA Boxing. There's not a lot of boxing cards out there, so yeah. so sweet. I'll be looking for that, and we'll take some pictures of that and post it on. So cool. Another <laughs> hour and yeah, a half. Good. Another hour and a half wasted listening right. to this podcast. As Ryan would say, if you're with us this long, you are the uh, you are the true heroes. So we appreciate everybody tuning in either on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, YouTube. on YouTube, Twitch, Twitch, Spotify. You can listen the day after when we get it uploaded. Man, we are popular in Europe and Central America. Thank you, everybody, for the downloads. Remember to follow our sponsors, Slab Savers, ProtectYourSlabs.com, Graded Card Solutions, GradedShip.com, and Prospect.Cards. That's www.prospect.cards. Until next time, which we'll figure out when the next time we'll do a Probably podcast. after the new year, I would assume, right? Don't matter to me. I ain't got nothing else to do. All right. We'll probably we'll figure be, it out. We'll probably be playing video games so if you need us remember hit us up on social media doughboy sports cards one on instagram showtime sports cards on instagram send us questions tune in tell your friends remember every time if you buy something off my ebay page or my slabs or prospect.cards you're gonna get one of our business cards tells you how to log in so please use it follow us let people know about the podcast send us some questions so until next time I'm Caleb. That's Neil. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. We'll see you next time. Happy Hanukkah. I'm out.